people today we're going to talk about the fact that God desires a voice man he desires a voice and he desires a voice to convey his power his intent his plans the mind of God is expressed in his word and but God and the earth decides to choose a voice to speak for him uh that voice is is chosen by god and that's the other thing you need to understand that everything that god does is of his choosing he does things after the counsel of his own will he doesn't need human input he doesn't he isn't discouraged by human um uh input at all uh, he's not daunted he's not stopped in his purpose his purpose is to uh get human beings in line with with his word and what he wants to do and so when we understand that that God really desires to have a voice in the earth so that he can convey his mind to people his good uh, his good plans for people I think that's the, the main thing is God chooses a voice for good uh, that's the purpose is to uh, bring about good in the earth by choosing a voice and so this is how he's decided to do it he started out in creating the earth with his words his word and his spirit coming together to agree and that's pretty much how God does things consistently uh, throughout the ages throughout the word and in working with human beings in Matthew 3 we see an instance of God choosing a voice in Matthew 3 verse 1 in those days came John the Baptist preaching and that is using his voice in the wilderness of Judea and saying repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand this is a timeless ageless message and uh, he wasn't the first one to preach that and generally with human beings we have to prepare them for what God wants to do part of that preparation is through repentance that is get your mind off of what you got it on on an everyday basis and set yourself apart because God wants to do something now and so when God wants to do something people have to be prepared for what God is doing because he is Lord and King if you invited a king to come to your country uh, you would have the people prepare themselves there would be certain uh, things set up to receive somebody of, of prominence and so when you talk about receiving God you have to uh, set yourself apart and get serious about it you know be intent uh, make yourself pleasing to him there are certain things that we must do uh, where God will receive us and certain things he won't receive receive and so when you are are talking about receiving somebody of high dignity worth and honor there's a preparation that you have to do to show them that you're serious about what they're doing but this is we want this God we we intend to uh, stay focused here uh, until we get what it is that you say you're going to give to us and, and bless us with and so that sanctifying yourself is what the old uh, old testament term was uh, same thing with john the baptist repentance sanctifies you to receive what god has for you it lets lets god know god i'm ready for this i'm putting aside 
everything that I usually do. Uh, I'm not going to work. I'm, I'm going to turn down my plate. I'm going to do whatever it is that you do to let God know that you uh, want to focus on him and want to stay focused on him is, is a good thing. And so this was what people did. And he said repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make his path straight. In other words roll out the red carpet for God. This is important. So making his path straight means to uh, set your heart on one desire and that is desiring God not desiring what God has or what he can do for you but to desire God and the same John had his clothing of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins and his meat was locusts and wild honey then he went out to then went out uh, to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins so they repented they they confessed they made a public declaration of their desire for God and that's what I think we need to keep in mind that that you say it you act it out you do it you know you there's something we must do in order to validate that we know that this is important this visitation from God is important there's some things we set aside we don't we don't do God on a part-time basis like we did uh, before we we uh, set aside (coughs) ample time to be with him sometimes fasting and prayer with this group of people was confessing their sins because the spirit of repentance declares that you do that it it prompts you to do that and so uh, uh, sometimes in miracle working atmospheres you see people weeping and you see them uh, 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 um, uh, crying out to God that, that, that sanctifying themselves coming apart to just hear what God has to say oftentimes will cause that brokenness in people you know just focusing on him and letting him get your mind off everything else you're not in a hurry you're not thinking about the next great nonsense you have to get involved in you're you're totally focused on God and God begins to permeate your soul he begins to break through on your being he begins to get to the uttermost of the innermost part of us and a lot of that has to do with us getting broken uh, before him and, and you know I'm not saying everybody's got to cry if you cry if you don't cry it means you have God hasn't touched you you know what I'm saying but there's a, a, a place where your fr- your flesh breaks and that's part of the evidence of it that the weeping is part of brokenness uh, the the uh, just being still and allowing the spirit of God to move over you and speak to you as to what it is that you need to do to to please God and be right with him so that he can bless you that blessing can stay upon your life and and it's not going to move off of your life and it's a real blessing and so those things are what uh, what what John the Baptist was preaching he says God's really going to come here and do something this isn't a, a, a a uh, false alarm <laughs> you know like so many uh, quote unquote moves of God are you know I mean and God is here for all of us all the time 
But in this situation he was ushering in a new era. This was something new uh, that hadn't really been preached before. Where people being baptized and confessing their sins and making way. And this is, this is an announcement and this is something that's going to be different than it ever was before. And that's what John the Baptist brought into the earth. It's interesting that God when he, he chooses a voice... He doesn't care sometimes where that voice speaks and what platform that voice has. Um, and this is something that we've got to to understand about when he chooses a voice. When you look at the, say you look at some of the, the prophets from the Old Testament. Uh, they had no audience. <laughs> they just went out in the middle of the street and began to talk. And people kept walking past them and looking at them. Some of them took dirt and threw at them. Some chased them out of town. God needs a voice. And when he says voice speak, then voice has to go speak. You notice John the Baptist wasn't out there where the people were he wasn't in the temple he wasn't bless you around people he was out in the wilderness and people came to him how did that happen see this is what we need to understand about when God chooses a voice your voice may be in your prayer closet 90% of the time and may be public only 5 or 3% but when he tells you to speak you must speak when we pray and we declare the word of God in our prayers we're not just begging God for stuff anymore we are using our voice the voice that God commanded us to use and now we understand what we're doing we're doing Ephesians 3.10 we're making known to principalities and powers the multifaceted wisdom and God's got a lot to say to them you got me Uh, you can never be done with your prayer watch it goes on and on forever so it's a it's a, a, a multifaceted and manifold wisdom of God it's unfolding all the time to principalities and powers it's telling them we see you doing terrorism and we say stop it and the, we see you kidnapping children we see you trying to make homosexuality and accept that we see you doing all of these so it's always unfolding it's all it's multifaceted it keeps going on and on and on and when he selects you as a voice you must continue to use your voice yield your voice to him for what he wants you to do and so just like John the Baptist was out in the desert preaching to nobody essentially he had a group of his own disciples and so forth but as he preached in the desert people came to him now how does that happen the voice of God resonates in such a way that those who are supposed to hear it hear it that voice is targeted for a certain audience and we need to understand that all you need to do is be obedient to <laughs> obedient it's if if you if you look at the bible and see the many people that god found and and dealt with in the wilderness out in the desert deserted places you'll understand the nature of true repentance you know coming away from your normal people say well it just means to change your mind what do you mean when you say that do you really know what you're saying when you say that when you change your mind you change your mindset your mind's been set on certain things and now that's been interrupted it's more than a change of mind to think like God thinks what does that mean to you these are just things we say sometimes we don't even understand what they mean 
when I change my mind, my mind has been set in a routine already that I'm expected to carry out. When when repentance comes, there's a conflict between my routine and this new thing that's being presented to me. You understand what I'm saying? And it ain't that easy to repent and stay with it. You can pick up that old mindset at any time and go back to that same old routine and and almost forfeit what everything that you gained when you did that little change in mind for a minute. You know, uh, Jesus talks about that in the parable of the seed and the sower about how the word is sown. It's sown and people receive it with joy. And then after a while, boom, repentance is over. They go back to the same old mindset they've been in. And then that word doesn't bear much fruit because it's a challenge to stay in the new mindset that God has put that puts you in and so that's the fight of faith to stay in that new place that God has ordained for you so that he can bring you well you know food and let the ravens feed you for a season you know and when the brook dries up you wait for the next meal and so forth and so on it's hard to stay in that mindset most people go and say well forget the raven thing I'm going to go back <laughs> or get some religious idea oh ravens that's a dirty bird we're not supposed to we're not supposed to touch it touch no unclean thing let me go get me a big mac you know what I'm saying and so <laughs> and so so it's very easy to snap out of your repentance. You got me out of your mindset and changing one's mind. You got to not only your mind but your mouth has to change. Your body has to change. Your attitude has to change. There's a whole thing. When you say mind there's a lot that goes with that. And so you put off the old man. That's what God wants to do. And put on a new man totally. And, and walk in that newness that he has provided for us. And so this is what John the Baptist was preaching. He says you know what he said this is is uh, a new way of living and he was so discerning that he could tell who was truly repentant or not i mean that's that's something folks you understand what i'm saying i mean there were pharisees and sadducees that got saved but he knew the ones who were coming just to escape he said you know you you snakes and vipers who told you to come to escape the wrath to come this is just not a fire insurance policy this is a change in the way of life you might have to quit teaching in the temple you might have to give up your offerings you might have to do a lot of things to walk into this new life and so it was it was that way with his preaching he understood who were true converts who weren't and and you know they followed him they came out to see him but all he did was did what God told him to do and that's be a voice for me and I think when we understand the simple instruction of of what God gives to his servants it'll it'll make it so much clearer to us you know what we really are here for and so that wilderness we said was a desert place but the voice was heard and people responded people obeyed what the voice commanded them to do so God knows what a voice can do and the impact that it can have and that's why he chooses that method in all four gospels it begins that way a voice crying one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord and I think that's a good preach I don't care what era you're preaching in and what time you're preaching in Uh, prepare ye the way of the Lord Uh, my little girlfriend Jan the one in Cleveland 
She'll say, uh, she was telling me, she said, well, you know, God still has me uh, going on the buses. Sometimes I'll get on the bus and ride. And she'll get on the bus and stand up in the aisle and say, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And she'll tell people, she said, you, you, she said, God has uh, changed me. He's saved me. And God is with her every time she does it. She said, that, and then she said, I said, well, Jen, what if you, I don't pay any attention to their faces. You know, Bob, we got that straightened out years ago. I don't look at them faces. She said but a lot of them she takes tracks with her uh in fact when she first got started i made tracks for her she said that she said god told me to call you because i don't know nothing about no tracks he said you can get them for me so we made tracks we gave her chick tracks and did all those things and so she said that she still does that now and she said she'll when she's done she'll say and she said and i want uh, those of you here's a prayer on here that you can pray and you know she doesn't disrupt anything or try to hold hands with people and get a big hoopla going but she'll say she said if you know the lord jesus christ she said god bless you she said pass this on to somebody else she said but share christ with somebody if you have them if you don't you can pray this prayer on here and god will receive you and so it's just that simple with her but it's this same message the same message repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is here god is giving you an opportunity right here right now to choose him and and that's our message as believers that's always the message that's our first message that we have is the kingdom of heaven is right here right now for you to receive and so uh, God is good in that respect because he's he gives us an opportunity to share in that voice that's a command for all believers now so it's not just uh, you've been chosen already in other words you've already been chosen and the message you have is clear and so God has a clear message that he wants us all to take uh, wherever we go he said go into all the world and preach there is not a place where in the world where we can't go and preach the gospel and he says preach it to everybody you don't have to know in advance if they're going to receive or not it doesn't matter that's not your business your business is to let let your voice be heard because I desire a voice in the earth to give my message to lost and dying humanity he has a message of restoration uh, to people or a message of healing a restoration message and a, a message of wholeness to everybody he wants everybody to be made whole whatever we've been uh, disadvantaged in in life it is his desire to restore that to us some of us in the restoration process don't even know what what's been robbed from us we just know we've been held up you understand we know something ain't right in other words it's, 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 uh, if everything was right i wouldn't be here like this but something ain't right somewhere and so god wants to right all wrongs he's a god of justice he wants to restore everything that's been taken he's a god of restitution and so he will restore all things and in the implication is he will restore them in this life so if these things have been ripped off from us he will restore them on this side of glory and they continue over into the other side and so god wants to do all of those things for us uh, because this is his message he says this is the kingdom this is the message of the kingdom it's of god's rule and god's reign in our lives and not the enemy pushing us around and ripping us off still and so this is what god wants us to get across 
Um, now, when he says he wants a voice, what is a voice? What's in a voice? And I thought I'd just share some things that I thought were kind of interesting about it. We know that a voice conveys intent, ideas, also conveys emotions, conviction, and faith. A voice empowers both the speaker and the hearer. So there's power, not just volume in a voice. There's a power there that carries a voice, conveys a message. So the voice is the <coughs> instrument through which a message is conveyed. A voice consists of sounds made by human using the vocal cords for talking. Reading, singing, laughing, crying, screaming, etc. Any utterance that can be made with a human voice, it uses a vocal what it says vocal folds. So <clears throat> the human voice is part of the human uh, sound production in which the vocal folds are the primary sound source so your little vocal the little vocal folds you see in the back of your throat and you can if you open up your mouth and ah you know make different tonal sounds you can tell that they move they vibrate the mechanism for generate generating that voice is really divided into three parts number one being the lungs or the vocal folds the lungs number one to project air past the vocal folds and then there's some articulators that go along with it the articulators then are the tongue the lips teeth people when they have teeth not have teeth make different sounds they articulate their sounds differently and so that's in in and those can be manipulated any any way you like to produce a certain sound a certain sound we know that sound travels differently through bone or other other denser materials than they do through air so the voice that you hear in the air is different from the one that you may hear in your head in other words you won't know how you really sound in air until you hear your voice recorded from that projection what we all hear is our own voice is what we hear through bone conduction through our 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 skull and so we that's why many times people will say things like when they hear themselves a first time record is that what I sound like is it I want to change that yeah because you've fallen in love with your voice that you hear all the time that's the one you prefer you prefer the one that you hear and so what many people do is they they manipulate their voice through articulation based on what you hear in your head not what projects out and so that's why people who speak professionally or sing will have what they call voice coaches who hear the sound as it is in air and they will tell you how they give you the feedback on how to manipulate it so that sound has the quality that you desire it to have as other people are hearing it many times people will have uh, very distinct and distinguished voices uh, because they've are a lot of this is inherited you know you're the way that you speak 
is very similar to your parents or, or somebody in your immediate vicinity that, that you were around growing up around. And so uh, you'll find that people will, will do those things and manipulate voices. Uh, voices can be imitated through articulation, not through the inner workings like the lung and the vocal cords, but it's articulation that causes that imitation. Of, of sound and speech uh, say for instance you've seen these people that uh, you know can imitate uh, you know performers and things of that nature some of them do it <laughs> better than others <laughs> like the thousand Elvis imitators out there most of them have no resemblance to him whatsoever just a jumpsuit and that's where the resemblance ends but they wish they could sing like he does you know you notice none of them do the singing much they all do the uh, other stuff you know thank you very much you know a few words and that kind of stuff but but other than that you know people can can master that uh, through articulation so uh, articulators we said include the tongue the palate your cheeks are articulators and your lips these uh, folds can produce highly intricate arrays of sound so when you get ready to change the sound of your voice articulate means something movable of course things that uh, or something variable so things that that can can vary are the things that you use in order to imitate a certain sound the tone of voice is modulated to suggest emotions like anger uh, surprise happiness joy sadness all of those are are um, uh, modulated through your tone sometimes your tone can be adamant uh, and unmoving like unwavering makes it like a command Uh, sometimes your tone can be manipulative like a suggestion that kind of thing so all of these uh, uh, nuances of voice and, and the ways to communicate and, and what people are attempting to do is to communicate either their intent, a desire, a message through their tone. So your tone will go up or down depending upon how you want to communicate. People who get into shouting matches with one another. Uh, some people feel that they will win the argument if they can talk louder and faster than the next person. And so all of these things are, are done with voice. And so God is very uh, particular about voice. And, and so he will choose people who will submit their voices to him and this is something that's challenging uh, because in James uh, we see what what the Bible says about the tongue Uh, it's a flame of fire a little bitty member you know so he blames everything on the tongue because it's a part of the articulation it's not it's not your heart and it's not uh, anything else involved in it but but what you're trying to get across to people is is part of what he's saying is a problem and so the way that we use these articulators uh, depends uh, determines the impact oftentimes of the words that we have so if we use articulators and and they're um, uh, adamant and, and unwavering and very strong and very forceful and very loud that brings forth a certain emotion out of people and so we understand what we're trying to do through that that kind of tone now there are people who don't have much 
insight into things and so oftentimes once your words hit the air you can tell by the feedback that it gets if it made the impact you wanted to make or not and so uh, sometimes people will say things and they're in what we call a mood or an angry mood or or they'll snap you know people will say well so and so snapped at me and we'll get offended by it and and not really understand that many times that's not what the person really wanted to articulate to us. It's just that we caught them at a moment where they didn't have control over it. You understand what I'm saying? It, that happens to everybody folks. Let's not get this childish impression about people are nice or mean. You know these things are called these are dynamic situations. You know what I mean when I say dynamic? That means they don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in a situation of interaction. And so there's a prompting uh, or a stimulus sometimes for a person. There's something a person is reacting to and it's not all just them. It's environment. It's history. It may be you that ticked them off you understand people people disregard that totally uh, because they feel that once they've been wrong that's the end of the story but if you're going to have reconciliation and you're going to have peace with people you're going to have to understand the truth of it and these are all dynamic situations so you may speak with somebody and they abruptly speak to you very abruptly in short it doesn't mean that they're mean people it just means that at that point their voice was was positioned in such a way that it came out that way and so we have to learn how uh, to understand these things how to be forgiving and how to understand that we have been forgiven much and so it's it's just that way with human human nature but the voice is very very powerful in that way and that's why God wants us to allow him to use our voices for his good for his purpose and what he wants to do I think the voice is redeemable you know what when I when I say redeem God can buy your voice back and use it for his glory he can buy your whole being and use it for his glory and so once you have been redeemed you're you're redeemed spirit soul mind and body your voice is redeemed so now that you can you speak the words of God you can do good as far as God is concerned and you can allow God to help you articulate things in a way that will be beneficial to all of humanity you'll see sometimes people who have challenges uh, with their voice you know we don't all have we're not all uh, um, blessed to be able to flex the golden pipes you know so to speak <laughs> and so if you know that you you you're not blessed that way you can develop uh, um, uh, better speech you can develop uh, better uh, speaking presence all of those things can be developed through the things that you can manipulate through your articulators your your tongue your mouth uh, your cheek and all that that uh, part of your mouth that's easy to manipulate I know when I was a, a child my speech was kind of slurred and, and uh, my voice I had a very deep voice uh, for a kid and so uh, I had to learn to manipulate um, my mouth in such a way that my speech was clear you know and it was much much better and it was just something that I as a kid I saw it as something that wasn't right and I fixed it you know sometimes you can have that understanding about things in your life 
life they're not not right and you want to fix them instead of hide it I decided to fix it and so just on my own I said I'm not going to speak like that anymore I'm being moved my tongue out of the way or whatever I did and so it, it became very clear um, and, and much clearer than it's ever been probably could use some improvement now um, because sometimes <clears throat> when when people have done things to correct things they sound maybe a little too deliberate sometimes you know and people can take offense to that but you know it's I think it's better than what I had before so you know I just work with it you know but but you can change things uh, based on your evaluation of them so you don't you're not stuck with what you have you know one of the things I know people change a lot is singing there are some people who develop their voices so that they have extremely good control uh, extremely good range it takes a lot of work I think because it's not just your your articulators but your lungs it's your stature it's your uh, body size body type all of that has to do with it Uh, singers it says here create music with a human voice and their voices are unique and depend on the size number one the size of their vocal cords what are you born with there the size and the shape of their body determines their voice and their speech habits people who have larger body frames tend to get more volume and more you know reverberation out of their voices you you see that with very very famous um people who sing especially people who sing very very complicated kinds of uh, music like opera singers you'll see very often they're not very small slight people they're usually a little heavier body frame uh, because they and they get more volume out of of their voices that way and so when when they are able to do that they and you'll see some of them are very um conscious of that they don't they don't like to change anything about themselves once they get that perfected they tend to want to stay the way they are and so and you know and uh, they know that if they get to where their lung capacity is not as strong as it is at a certain place they won't do that you'll see sometimes uh, if you don't catch them when they're kids and put braces on them they don't get them when they're adults even though they may have a misalignment because everything's geared toward uh, that sound they don't want to disturb that at all they'll have to uh, they'll have to restructure the way that they sing it's too costly to them in some areas and so uh, that's something that's really common about singers and about how they they do things um, you know they don't want to change anything and it's not superstition it has a good there's good physiological reason for that the muscles of the chest and the neck can be altered to change your voice they can be made more tense they can be made more relaxed Uh, people who are vocal coaches can tell you how to tense your body or relax your body you know to get certain kinds of sound out of it people have manipulated things like um, the nasal passages for instance Um, people criticize Michael Jackson about having you know a nose job and he wants to look like this and but he always had that like a little that uh, voice of his was a little 
um, you know, a light tenor voice kind of, you know, it wasn't very deep at all. And he liked that youthful sound to his voice. And so it was suggested by somebody that he had that nose surgery to keep his voice sounding youthful it has a little whistle to it or something like that that they can add and so all of those things are done to manipulate a person's voice and why is that it's because the voice is is very very important in guiding our lives it's very important in guiding the others lives it's very important what you say has more impact in your life than anything else you might do because what you say will usually cause you to follow up on some action especially if it's done in faith and so we have to realize and and your voice really is is the first part of you that works and the last part of you that works I think because when you come into the to the world you announce yourself with that loud yell if, if you know if, if they don't hear that I worked in labor and delivery and uh, they had a scoring system that you you gave to babies when they were born and there were 10 points it's called an APGAR score and there were 10 points on that and the first point you got was the noise if they and the the tone of the noise if it it was a boom wow you know like that is check off and the time that that voice was heard is very important because if there's too much time left is when when was that voice heard was it what birth was when they the head was exposed and they came out of the canal and you sat you stood there with a watcher you looked at the clock and in if it got to be too long everybody kind of looked over what's wrong you know understand what I'm saying with and you go into action really fast to get that first sound out of them you see and so that first sound means that they're taking a breath of life you know on this earth and so forth and so on and so that when that voice comes forth is extremely important and when it ceases your life tends to cease on the earth when your voice stops you know I mean it just if you're if you get to the point where you're not able to speak it you won't live a whole lot of years most times after that because the voice is so important in directing your life and determining your fate determining your future your voice determines your future your voice determines if you go forward if you make progress or not it's all determined in your voice and so that's why God wants our voices exactly why he wants because he puts life in there he puts purpose in there he puts he changes our lives through our voices the whole course of your your existence is changed when God takes over your voice so he wants voices for our benefit but he wants voices also for kingdom benefit he's building a kingdom as well and so we we have to understand that uh, in Exodus, that's where our, our biggest uh, um, our biggest focus will will be today. Exodus chapter three. We'll start there, and this is an interaction between Moses and God. Moses is on the backside of the desert, and uh, God's got his attention, which is a form of repentance, right? change your mind you're not so busy anymore you're not doing your normal routine so he's turned away from the old and into the new 
And so uh, a verse in Exodus 3.3, 3, Moses says, I will, not, I will now turn aside. That means to repent. He's turned away from what his busyness, what he was doing. And look at this sight. He's looking at a wonder. And sometimes that's how God gets our attention. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside. See, there's a, a point where God's pleased with our focus. That it's focused enough on him and then he'll start to speak. People think that God's so desperate to talk to us that he'll talk to us in any condition we're in. Then sometimes people are so stuck in the fact that we can never please God. That he'll never talk to us unless we do this, this, this and this. But God has a set way to get everybody's attention. And he knows how to get it and he knows when we're focused enough on him so that he can speak to us and get his point across. And so this is the whole notion here is that God says uh, he saw when God saw that Moses turned around and to see God call to him out of the midst of the bush and Moses said Moses Moses and he said here am I. God begins to teach Moses his ways immediately. He tells him this is holy ground. So you're not to wear shoes. You're not to be in other words. Don't approach me the same way you approach everything else. Very simple. God wants us to sanctify ourselves. Set aside ourselves. Because he doesn't want to be another voice that's talking to us all day long. This is so important for us to understand. Uh, and he requires these things not because he's insecure about who he is or he wants to see you go through a lot of trouble to get to know him and all that. He wants to make sure you understand that when you come to him there's a certain way that you approach God. We have that with the blood of Jesus. You just can't rush and nobody can just rush up to him and talk to him and, and just you have to go through what God sets for us to be able to be heard and so he tells Moses to sanctify yourself from this day forward you approach me with with not walking the way you normally walk walk a different way when you approach me that kind of idea and sees and introduces himself the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob he's you know the God of his ancestors and so he's telling Moses that I have something for you to do because there's something I see going on down on the earth and I'm not pleased with it sound familiar anybody there's all kinds of things going on in the earth now that God is not pleased with and so he raises up voices to speak his word into these situations you got me not to get up and argue with somebody for the sake of winning an argument and not to compromise with the status quo but he raises up a voice who will speak his desire and his will into the situation because what will happen when God's will is known and when God's will is spoken and when that vessel that he chooses speaks you'll get the results God wants to get you'll get the results of God when all of that happens and so here you see Moses uh, being told by God that that you know he's who he is and so Moses hid his face he was afraid to look upon God and he says I've seen the affliction of my people and I've come down to deliver them this time you know it's time for this day it's time 
It's time. God knows when it's time. And so he tells Moses in a nutshell everything he's going to do. He says you're going to bring these people into a different land. In in uh, uh, in a land flowing with milk and honey, and, and Moses dialogues with God. He begins to talk back a little bit to him. It's okay to ask God questions so you can get understanding. All of that. And so, verse seventeen, he says, "I I will bring you." In, out of the affliction of Egypt into land. In other words, I'm going to set you and the people of Israel free. You go into your own land, a prosperous land. God will never do you worse than you are before you meet Him. He will always do you better. There's no such thing of going backwards once you meet God. He will always prosper and bless you. And He says, And they shall hearken to your voice. And you shall come, you and the elders of Israel and the king of Egypt, and say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we must, must sacrifice to our God. And he says, I'm sure the king of Egypt won't let you go, and so forth and so on. So God runs down the whole program to Moses. He tells him. I'm going to use your voice to get things started for your people to move out. Eventually they will go. But you're going to have some struggle getting them out. Pharaoh's not going to let them go at first. And isn't that the way it is with everything that we set forth to do in God? It takes some maneuvering. It takes some you know you won't be able to get free of it at first you maybe you might have to work at it for a little while you're going to have to stand in faith you're going to have to stand in prayer and you're going to have to believe God for more than just a little while and make this a life of faith that's what God's looking for for people to be converted to his way and not just get what they need and leave Egypt and not have Egypt leave them he will at least have the leaders and the ministers converted so that they can be mouthpieces for him and lead the people correctly. And so the first change God will make is in people he has chosen to lead. He calls out leaders. And that's just God's way. That's the way of the world. That's the way people function. They function under leadership. So he says they will, <clears throat> they will hearken to your voice. If you turn over to Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 1, you'll start to see how God develops Moses. God begins to empower Moses so that Moses gets an understanding of what is available to him to use for God in this assignment that God has given him and that's the other piece of it too is that we as believers because we we operate by faith supernatural faith our mandate is to go preach the word and then expect God to confirm it with signs following you can't just preach it and wonder if it's if anything's going to happen you must expect God to confirm his word with signs following so he doesn't have to show us sign after sign after sign after sign so we'll know he's with our thing is our mandate is to preach it in faith and if your faith is working like it's supposed to work he'll confirm it with signs following this has been true for ages whenever you see uh, the church going into that door 
dormant state where you know nothing's going on and people are just barely hanging on to their faith God will start to raise up a voice to begin to preach and preach in faith and expect God to start to produce the signs and the wonders Uh, there are people now that say with the, the internet and YouTube there are people all over the world who are are having great healing meetings who are great having great uh, results in God because somehow they've latched onto if I preach and expect God to confirm the word with signs following he just might show up and do some stuff you see what I'm saying and so that's how it's done really they are empowered and but they have to be chosen by God you know they don't just jump up and start doing this kind of stuff they they have a relationship with God but it's a faith relationship it's different than what uh, Moses had and so in uh, 4 verse 1 Moses answered and said but behold they will not believe me nor hearken to my voice now, this is the the plight and the lament of all leaders it's this hearkening business it's whether people will listen to them and be obedient that's that's the uprising and downfall of all leaders the word hearken really means to hear intelligently and to discern it also means to publish or regard a report to hear and obey what hearken really means so it's not just listening unmoved or listening and let it go in one ear and out the other hearken really means to come alert and awake by what you hear awake to it with the intent of doing something you got me there's a decision that must be made about what you heard hearken also means to report also means fame it means tidings so the assumption here is when you hearken to somebody's voice you bring tidings about it it's it's worthy to repeat it's worthy to hold on to it's worthy to make note of it's it's not just something you heard and it didn't affect you when you hearken to somebody's voice that thing affects you by choice you make a decision to let that thing have an effect on you so say for instance when you come into the the assembly of the congregation of the righteous you come in with the intent of letting that word you're expecting that word to have an effect on you you're expecting that word to feed you in some way and so that's that's the thing about the word of God and when you decide to hear the word of God like Proverbs 4.20 tells you my son attend to my words incline your ear all of that has to do with that concept of hearkening to it because it's, this is not some ordinary word this is a word that you want it's going it, to in other words it's going to benefit you to pay attention to this that's, that's the implication there and so what Moses is saying God they're not not it's not that they won't listen they won't do you know these people are are, I've dealt with these people before they'll listen to anybody you know dealt with people period they don't listen to anybody so a voice really has to have the power to motivate and to get people to move so it has to touch something on the inside of people and oftentimes it's touching a need or it's meeting an expectation it either touches a need or it meets an expectation 
For example, Hitler had the power to move and motivate people because his words uh, satisfied a need that the people had to feel good about themselves. They had been they'd lost in World War One and were paying back all these this money from you know reparations for damage they'd done to this country, that country, and so forth and so on. And their morale was very very low. When people have very low morale, they're ripe for a message of good and oftentimes the message that comes to them has to do with something that's that's negative you know it was going to have a negative impact on society and that's why God raises up voices in the earth to carry his message uh, because our message can can trump the message of the hour in any nation any country the terrorist message is nothing compared to the gospel message because God will confirm his word with signs following those people have to tell people there's no reason for you to live but if you if you die for Allah you'll get all this kind of stuff on the the back end which they never see and so this is why uh, it's important for the gospel to be preached and for us to continue to pray for God to raise up voices you know it's one of the things that we've prayed for consistently it's in our prayers and that those voices really speak the gospel and and be true to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ you notice we don't say God raise up ministers we say raise up voices because that's really what he needs he needs people to speak for him we don't care where they you know whatever he he can raise up who he wants to so the voice also has power uh, to motivate to the good or the bad it also has the power to inhibit as in a voice of warning so voice of warning will also carry with it the sound of alarm will carry with it the sound of don't do that anymore like John the Baptist preach repentance you know it's a warning you know the kingdom is at hand God's going to show up and do some great things here you better want to be on the receiving end of it you see Moses was afraid that they would not take him at his word that was his main concern and do what his voice commanded so he was fearful of being stuck with a bunch of people that wouldn't obey him and and that's also a lament for leaders people who are stubborn have their own way don't want to conform uh, don't listen to faith don't apply their faith scared to use their faith like they're really risking something (laughs) you know when you think about it this is a very low risk type of a gospel you know your faith is between you and God you can use your faith for whatever it is you want to use it for ministers will will give you a, a, a no I think a no threat arena in which you use your faith you know just use your faith to get to service on time use your faith to, you know what I'm saying just the basis it, it's amazing uh, people who want to be offended will get offended uh, because they they think they're being put on the spot and told they don't have faith when they're in being encouraged to use it and so this is the thing that it takes a while to get across I know somebody told me recently I said I finally understood and they've been around for years I finally understood what you mean when you say you sow the seed I say yep 
And so yeah, Lizzie got through. They were so happy. They were overjoyed, you know. But if you look back, they had their times of fighting that word and not wanting and getting offended by it. You know, that's the way people do when they have to change or do something differently. They they're upset about it, even if it's going to work out good. So, is have to you know keep declaring so you know don't change you know parents understand that you know even if you're not totally sure about what you're telling your kid you don't let the kid know you're not sure you know what I'm saying it's like oh well (laughs) don't let them know if they ever find that out they'll take over the whole joint you know so anyway you got to stand tall in what you what you've declared and confessed so Moses answered and said verse 1 but behold they will not believe me or hearken to my voice for they will say the Lord has not appeared to you the Lord hasn't done this so Moses is going through his own insecurities and projecting them on the people because he has no reason to say that other than he thinks of himself in such a way that he doesn't think he's worthy for God to visit him. And so he says, you know, they'll say you haven't done this. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. Throw it on the ground. He cast it on the ground. It became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. The Lord said to Moses, "Put your hand and take it, uh, take it by the tail." He put forth his hand, caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. And he says that they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared unto you. And the Lord said, furthermore to him, put your hand into your bosom. He put it in there and it turned out it was leprous as snow. And he said, put it in again. And he put his hand in bosom again and plucked it out. And behold, it was turned again as the other flesh. And so God is saying, whatever it is you're afraid of, Moses, if you get in trouble, I'll get you out of it. Whatever you do following me, if it turns out bad, I'll reverse it for you. And see the magicians, uh, the Egyptian magicians were not able to reverse many of the things that they did. They could only work one way. It's, that's the way natural faith does. It doesn't work both ways generally. You'd Like for instance, if we are praying for a person to be healed, you don't turn around and pray for them to die. Or pray for them not to be healed. Your faith will work one way because uh, it's safe to keep it in one kingdom. That's really one kingdom. But there is a time, and there was a time when uh, in Elijah's day, he had to pray for it to for the drought to come. And you're standing there and you're thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm I'm not going to have something. I'm going to be all dried up like everybody." But but that's what he did, and then he prayed to reverse it. And so God working in this dispensation that they were in worked both ways if he felt to. And so he tells Moses these are going to be signs that I will show the people to show that I'm with you. So when God confirms his word with signs following he, he is, is kind of up in the ante for you. He's showing people that he's with you. In our church age, as we preach, he confirms his word with signs following so that people will know that he's with us. See, they'll know. And that's, that's how your reputation is built. That's how your, your ministry is built. Is God confirms it along the way. 
And then people see the confirming signs and they begin to understand that God is with you. So God will follow your words and confirm them with signs. That sign sometimes will become your calling card. Because then people begin to associate you with certain things. And so it's not your words that are your calling card. It's the sign that confirms that that word is God. There are many, many preachers who make their their calling card as their words. Not confirmed. Just their words. Like they're known for a certain message that they preach. And people gravitate toward their message. And there's no sign confirmed. It's, it's, it's like... Uh, uh, um, uh, what's that lady's name being known for the Harry Potter it's like somebody who's writing you know like fables or something like that uh, or um, like um, what's his name C.H. Uh, Lewis was the Chronicles of Narnia and all that stuff that he wrote and screw tape letters and so they're known for works that they've written not for signs that are confirmed with the word confirmed with signs following it's interesting that you can get more famous off of your words than you can off the signs there are many people who have preached the gospel and God healed people and saved people and nobody knows who they are where they went if somebody didn't feel to chronicle that and write it down they go into obscurity but God knows you know and the people that they ministered to benefited from that but there are so many that were confirmed with signs that we don't know about simply because nobody ever wrote it down and so there's a, a uh, there's a moral there and that is what are you looking for are you looking for God to confirm that that person's with that he's with that person or are you looking for somebody who has the fame who has the you know I'm not saying their stuff isn't worth reading but I'm saying we're after more than that folks we're after God confirming his word with signs following so that sign will oftentimes become your calling card it confirms who sent you and whose message you're carrying God has more than one sign to confirm his servants oftentimes just like with Moses he had him he used the rod he also used his hand and so God was showing him that whatever it is that you know I instruct you to do it'll work it'll work the way I want it to work so he had two signs and a voice and that's all the equipment God gave him to go off and do his ministry with and I'm telling you that's all you need all you need is what God gives you. You don't have to. It's amazing to me how many people are waiting for a building, who are waiting for money, who are waiting for a certain number of people to show up before they'll do their ministry, all of that kind of stuff. But really, all you need to do is have the equipment God gave you, and that's your voice and the signs to confirm it. And sometimes God needs people who aren't moved by uh, uh, physical things they're just moved by the inward leading of God to do what God wants them to do there are people I see people who are, are on the internet who tape messages over and over and over again and they don't get a whole lot of people that that say they see them you know that's the other thing sometimes people are watching them and they you don't know they're watching them but they see them and somebody clicks and sends them on to someplace else and so forth and so on but they feel compelled to preach and to 
put it out there so that people would publish what they say. And and it, it's it's always kind of endearing to me to see that that here's a person that God called and gave them a message and they are determined to get that message preached and put it there so that somebody can hear it you understand what I'm saying and that to me that's all the difference in the world as to being faithful to what God's and using what he gave you to use like Moses Moses just used what God gave him to use he struggled with it he had problems with it just like anybody else who's called of God but he kept going forward using what what God gave him so here's Moses with his two signs and a voice (laughs) that's all he had amen that's all we need is what God gives us so, but you know if, if God gives you a voice and gives you a message go publish that message don't don't sit around and say you're waiting on somebody else Moses had the largest church ever recorded in history was it three four million I mean that's just adults were the kids it was more than that but he only had a voice and an interpreter and two signs and that was all he had so in verse 12 he says in verse 9 I'm saying it will come to pass if they don't believe one they'll believe the other verse 10 Moses said to the Lord oh my Lord I'm not eloquent uh, neither heretofore nor since have you spoken to your servant but I'm slow of speech and a slow tongue and the Lord said to him who made man's mouth who I'm you're talking to the one who made you don't tell me what you got and what you don't got I made you who made the dumb or deaf or seeing or blind have not I the Lord now therefore go I'll be with your mouth I will be with your mouth this is one thing that hinders believers because they are so concerned about saying the right thing or the wrong thing or did I say that right or didn't I say that right after it gets out of your mouth then that's when the trouble comes before it gets out I mean if you can blurt it out there that's fine with God he was with your mouth but if you evaluate the value of your message based on what happens after you get it out there you're doing the wrong thing God didn't tell you to evaluate the message and change it based on see this is what this is what causes compromise in the church because we evaluate the message based on the reaction that it gets instead of just preaching the message and knowing God is with our mouth and we're being obedient to God and that's all that matters see obeying God is really all that matters so here we said that Moses is complaining you know I don't know and you know and God says I'll teach you what you need to say and we all need to underline that and just quit dilly dallying around and he said oh my Lord send I pray thee by the hand of him you will send so and the anger of the Lord was in other words Moses is saying send somebody else you know just just don't choose me and God got angry at Moses and he said is not Aaron your uh, the Levite your brother I know he can speak well and also behold he's coming to meet you etc you'll speak to him and put words in his mouth but I'm not talking to anybody else but you Moses I'm not I haven't made a mistake here I'm not picking somebody else and just leaving you off to the side now I, I'm, I don't have to change my mind I'll help you with anything that you need help with if you know Moses was slow of, of interpreting the Hebrew tongue and I think this is what people 
you know don't understand about this passage because you know if you look over in the book of Acts I think it is it says he was skilled and learned Moses was a very smart man and he wasn't he didn't stutter I don't know where it says slow of speech but I think what that really referred to was slow to interpret what the Hebrews because it would have to be that way because why would Aaron I mean why not get his wife or anybody in there to to talk for him or if God felt he couldn't speak why'd he pick him you see what I'm saying you don't pick somebody gosh who stutters my goodness that's going to be a long you understand what I'm saying now people people are stutterers can get slapped out of it you know they'll get emotional and start blabbing real good but you know come on now that's that's a I don't know. I I don't buy it. That and for that reason, that that's wise because there's conflicting information in the Word of God. He was skilled and learned in all the ways of the Egyptians and and knowledgeable and articulate in their language. So really, what we have here is a language barrier, and and so because Aaron grew up with the Hebrew language, he was faster about doing it. And so what God told Moses, He says, "I'll be I'll be God to you, and you'll be like." I am like I am to you you'll be that to Aaron so you'll be able to take and it's a first instance of an interpreter interpreting for a preacher and that's really all this situation was that Aaron it wouldn't take him a long time to figure out how to communicate because he was probably knowledgeable in both languages or, or God um, Moses could articulate to Aaron what he meant he could talk to him very well and so he says I know he can speak well and also behold he's coming to meet you and when he sees you he'll be have have gladness in his heart so I'll give you a good relationship with your interpreter but let's get this on Moses okay we've dilly dallied long enough here so anyway Moses then talks directly in verse 15 he says you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with and with his mouth and I will teach you what he shall do and he shall be your spokesman to the people and he shall be even he shall be to you instead of a mouth that you shall be unto him instead is as God and so he says this this message that I'm giving you is transferable on to other people so here's the other thing of the impartation of God's spirit from one human vessel to the next vessel by permission and so God gives a permission and these ways of God are irreversible this is how it works this is how you can get a message that God has ordained for you to receive and be able to incorporate that message into your thinking into your lifestyle this is how you can get up and do the same thing that anybody else can do that hears that message is because it's transferable by impartation and so he says and you'll take this rod in your hand and and with this you shall do signs so you got your rod you got your brother you got me get it you know get going and so in verse 18 Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law asked him for permission to go Jethro gives him permission drop down to verse 21 and the Lord said to Moses when you return to Egypt when you return not if you return but when you return 
See that you do all the wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand and I will harden his heart and he will not let the people go. Now how many times have you been told or told to anticipate that your message will not be received. But Moses was told that because he needed to know what to expect. And you shall say to Pharaoh thus saith the Lord Israel is my son even my firstborn. And I say to you let my son go that he may serve you serve me and if you refuse refuse to let him go I will slay your son even your firstborn and so God lays out the whole thing before Moses from beginning to end what's going to happen but Moses has to fill in the steps in between so the obedience is the steps in between we determine whether we get through all the steps in between by whether we keep going whether we quit whether we complain whether we crap whether we do one thing we determine the steps in between so God lets Moses know the outcome of his interaction with Pharaoh that he will not let the people go at first the message may need to be repeated over and over and over again to get the desired result this is the one thing Moses begins to learn about God's message the repetition of God's message in the earth is what makes it effective when that message ceases to be preached in the earth the effect of it goes down so that's why we need to preach the gospel the bible says in season out of season do it when there's a crowd do it when there's one do it when there's nobody get in front of your mirror preach to yourself you know whatever that that message needs to be repeated and to get the desired results we need to know that people hear the message differently some will hear it with gladness other people will be angry other people will say you're offending them you're hurting them all that it has different effects on different people Jesus also warned us to be careful how we hear how do we hear not just uh, uh, our ears but with our whole being we need to listen with intent and desire for truth there must be something that we extend besides our ears into the message into the message and the message is for certain people their sheep the gospel message in John 10 27 it says that my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow so people who have been uh, committed to God won't follow another voice my sheep hear my voice so a sheep is an, an animal known for its docile submissive character and this word of God is something that you have to humble yourself and submit to it just like a sheep would you can't be a goat and buck the word if you buck even a little bit of it you'll probably buck all of it because God has a a um, commandment that we humble ourselves to his message and humble ourselves to him and so uh, sheep are looking for certain things out of the word um, they're looking for uh, safety security they're looking for nourishment happiness so when you when you see yourself desiring those things out of God's word that makes you a sheep 
There are people that sit and hear the word of God and don't want anything. They just want to put in their time. And you know they may hear something every now and then. And then they shut their ears down off to hear all of it. And especially the part that compels them to some type of action. That's how you know who's a sheep and who isn't. Because sheep are led by the word of the shepherd. Um, Goats aren't. They move when they want to you know they're very stubborn and you know if you can motivate them and push them out there they might do a little bit but for the most part sheep are looking to the word for their very life for their very sustenance and so they will follow the shepherd and whatever word he tells them that's that's where they'll follow they'll eventually make up their minds to follow the shepherd so God needed a voice to gather his people together so that they would not be scattered. He wants to keep his flock to himself. He likes keeping his flock in safety. He likes keeping his flock in nourishment. He likes keeping his flock where they're, they're groomed properly. Uh, they feel good. They look good. They, they have security and safety and comfort in God. All of those things God wants to do for his sheep. God's voice moves even those who are overcome with death. In John 5.28 it says the dead will hear the voice of God and will rise. They're talking about the resurrection from of the dead. Some will go to life and some to eternal damnation. But they will all rise at the voice of God. So the voice of God has such life in it that this life overcomes death as well. And so you know you see that you see that with people who have have died that they can be brought back their spirit can be brought back. So because the Proverbs 18:21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so God wants us not just when we start speaking life, we speak life on all levels. And we're speaking life into dead situations. I don't care if they're emotionally dead, if they're spiritually dead, or if the life force has left a person's human body. Our words speak life. And we can choose to speak life with our words because God wants a voice. He desires a voice in the earth so that his voice can uh, bring life. It can bring health. It can bring covenant. It can bring peace, nourishment, healing, everything that needs to be brought into humanity. God does it through a voice. And and that voice is us, folks, whether you want to believe it or not. uh, (laughs) You know, whether you think much of it or not, you can be like Moses and keep arguing if you want to. But there was a point even Moses settled down and accepted that God knew what he was doing and knew what he was talking about so and we will do that folks we'll we'll be those people that God wants to use as his voice in the earth and just submit to it and let God know you're available and you know stay in the word stay close to God and he'll be with your mouth amen amen praise God father we thank you for allowing us to understand our role here as voices for God you you desire to have a voice in the earth more than one you desire many voices and we thank you that we have been chosen as your voices and we bless you we praise you we magnify you in jesus name amen and praise god amen if anybody needs prayer come on up yes yes the spirit of god is saying i'm all you need you go everywhere you try everything 